Good morning, Church. I just want to take this time to welcome our family, New Life English Church Mangalore and New Life Manipal. And also want to extend a warm welcome to all of you who are joining with us online today. Um, today is Good Friday, and the, while the whole world is, you know, looking at this day as Good Friday, as the day that Jesus was crucified on the cross, um, let's get prepare ourselves, prepare our hearts, you know, to listen to what God wants to really speak to us from His Word. All right, so just for a moment, we're just going to start with prayer in just a moment, and um, I just want to request all of us who are listening to close your eyes and as we look to the Lord in prayer. Father, I just want to thank you, Lord, for this time that you've given to us. Father, even as we are gathered here today, Lord, even as we were not able to meet physically online, physically, Lord, we thank you that you've given us the privilege and the opportunity to meet online. And Lord, we pray that you would speak to us and minister to us from your word. Lord, Father, because we know even as we're going through this situation where the whole world is gripped with fear, Father, we pray that your word would give us the encouragement and the hope that we need, Lord. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, you know, even before we get into today's word, I just want to say a story um, which I just read recently. Um, it is a story that happens in the 1800s. There was an emperor by the name Menelik. To be exact, his name was Emperor Menelik II. And the story goes on to say that he was the emperor of Ethiopia at that time. Um, they heard about the first electric chair that was in New York in the US. So Emperor Menelik II, he ordered for three of those electric chairs to be brought into his country in Ethiopia. And the story goes on to say that um, the electric chairs came in and it was only when the electric chairs arrived in their country they realized that they could not use the electric chairs. Why? Because electricity had not been invented in Ethiopia yet. Ethiopia was running without electricity. Everyone was disappointed, especially Emperor Menelik II, except for the criminals, of course. When they realized that, you know, there was no electricity and the electric chairs could not be used, they were happy. But Emperor Menelik II was really disappointed. So he had ordered three chairs, he sent out, he sent two chairs to the heap, um, but he kept one chair behind. And he said this, you know, he said the statement very specifically. He said, you know, even though I can't use this electric chair for the execution of criminals, here's what he said, I'm going to use this electric chair to execute my commands. Um, the story goes on to say that for the next 15 years, he used this electric chair as a place where every time he wanted to pass a decree, he wanted to issue a command, he would sit on this electric chair and then only pass it out. And what is surprising, you know, or what is interesting for us to realize is a platform that was supposed to be a platform of pain was used as a platform of power. Now, when we think about the cross, when we think about, you know, uh, the fact that Jesus Christ, you know, was hanging on a cross, he was crucified on a cross. The cross, you know, back in the day, 20, approximately maybe around 20, 20 years ago, the cross was an instrument of pain. Um, in fact, you know, back in Rome, they say that um, the execution of the criminals, the worst of the worst criminals were only sentenced to crucifixion. The robbers, the assassins, people who were rebelling against the Roman Empire, they were the people who were crucified on the cross. For a Roman citizen, it was the worst way to die a death. Um, for a Jewish person, what history says, for a Jewish person, if someone had to go through crucifixion, it was also the worst way to die. And for a Jewish person, it also meant one more thing. 
it meant for a Jewish person that God had cursed him and God had left or abandoned them completely. You know, but surprisingly today, the most recognizable symbol in the whole world is the cross. You think about it. You, f you, find, you, know, uh, you find crosses that are there in the churches. You find crosses that are there in buildings. Um, there are many professional athletes, you know, before they start their sport, they go through, they, they sign the sign of the cross. You find, you know, the sign of the cross in hospitals, in various buildings. And in fact, let me not leave this out. The cross is one of the most popular forms of jewelry that is available today. Isn't that true, ladies? The cross today no longer represents shame or embarrassment or anything. In fact, the cross today represents a symbol of hope. It goes back, you know, the cross represents the crucifixion of not, you know, thousands and thousands of criminals who died upon that day or the days together in those times. But today, the cross reminds us of one crucifixion that took place of a man who was a carpenter's son, a man who, you know, preached a message for three and a half years, a man who many people uh, were following, his message impacted many people during that time. It still impacts the world today. His name is Jesus Christ. Today the cross reminds us of only one crucifixion, the man Jesus Christ. Now, um, you know, when you, when you think about this, you know, we, we know that the cross today represents, does not remind us, even, you know, I was just reading through the other day, even if you go to Rome today, the, if you look at a cross today at, in Rome, where you know the Romans were the ones who invented the cross for their crucifixion process, or for their execution commands. Today, even in Rome, the cross no longer reminds the Roman people of you know the, the executions that they used to conduct or the crucifixions that they used to have upon the cross. It reminds them also of the same one crucifixion. This cross today is a symbol of love that the Heavenly Father had for His own children. He decided that he was going to send his only son, Jesus Christ, to die on that cross. And today, that's why the cross, what was once an instrument or a symbol of shame and embarrassment, today is a symbol of power, is a symbol of forgiveness, is a symbol of life, and it's a symbol of relief. Now, um, the blood sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, if you go through the Bible, if you go through right from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation, you find this to be true, that the central theme of the entire Bible is basically stated on this one thing. It is the death of Jesus Christ and the blood that he shed on that cross. Now, um, I want to, you know, um, there are many things, you know, that we can actually talk about when we talk about the cross, when we talk about, you know, that Jesus died on the cross. But as I was praying and as I was really looking into the Lord, you know, for the Lord to what he wanted to speak to us, the Lord reminded me of very specifically two things. And although there are so many things that can actually be spoken about the cross and why Jesus died on the cross, I want to focus for the remaining time that we have together today on very specifically these two things because I believe you know in a situation like today where the whole world is gripped with the coronavirus fear I believe this is two things that we need to as followers of Jesus Christ we need to constantly remind ourselves now um, it's easy you know to uh, think about the cross and think about what Jesus did but I want to start by reading this one particular thing you know um, David he says this in the book of Psalms 103 
verse 2 to 3. David writes, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. Here's what, here's what, here's what David is saying. Two very specific things in verse 3 he says, He forgives all your iniquities, he heals all your diseases. Now, I'm going to make a very profound statement. Okay, I, I think it's a very powerful statement, especially in a time like this today. Um, here's what I want to say. Jesus' death on the cross was for the forgiveness of our sins and the healing of our sicknesses. I'm going to say that statement again. Jesus' death on the cross was for the forgiveness of our sins and for the healing of our sicknesses. Now, I'll tell you why I feel that's a very, very, very powerful statement in a day like today, especially considering the situation that we are in. But um, I want us to just reflect, you know, just for a moment, because here's what, here's what I'm, I was thinking. Today, you know, the world is looking for answers. Today, the world is trying to find out, you know, what's going to happen. Because if you look at the situation today, we do not know how long the situation is going to last. We really do not. We don't even know, you know, if there is going to be any breakthroughs or anything that's going to happen in the days to come. We don't even know what's going to happen in the days to come. But this much we know. If, even if the world does not have hope, we as the followers of Christ, we have this one hope. And his name is Jesus Christ. In fact, this is what it says. Jesus Christ in us is the hope of glory. Now, keeping that in mind, I want us to think about the statement that we just heard. You know, in fact, um, this, this is what the statement says. The statement says this, that he, Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And if he died for the cross for our sins, he meant it for the forgiveness of our sins. Now, what does it mean when it says that Jesus died for the forgiveness of our sins? Now, I want us to think about this one particular system that we have, the court system that we have. The court system today in human law, I mean in human court system, when the court system says that if there's somebody that has wronged you in any way, if there is somebody that has done something towards you, the court system or the human court system law says that we're going to take that person to trial. We're going to find out if that person is guilty of the charges that is accused, that people have accused him of. And if he's found guilty, guess what the human law says? That they will be tried, they will be found guilty, they will have to pay a price for what they did wrong. They have to pay a compensation or they have to pay a penalty for the wrongs that they have done. Here's what I want us to understand. Many times when we think about the wrong things that we have done, okay, many times when we think about the sins that we have done, it is true for every wrongdoing, it's a truth statement, every wrongdoing that anybody does, someone has to pay the price or the penalty for the wrongs that they have done. That's what our human law says. And what we need to understand about our God is that our God is a God of justice. This is what justice demands. Justice demands that someone who has done something wrong needs to pay a penalty or pay a price for the wrongs that they have done. When we did something wrong, and I want us to think about, you know, the wrongs that we have done. Okay, I'm not saying that, you know, we have done like major big blunders. Okay, we have not killed somebody or we have not done something like really huge. Okay, but in front of God, every sin is sin. Today, you know, if you look at it, the world has a way of classifying or categorizing sin. They say that, okay, man, if you do murder or if you do rape, and I mean, I think in our country, you know, rape is one of the most crime, the most, uh, the worst crime that you could possibly commit. And I agree. I mean, I'm not saying that it's, it's something right. But when you look at, you know, the way God does things and when God looks at sin, 
Even if you've lied to somebody, even if you think something wrong in your mind, that's a sin. Sin is sin before God. There's no big sin, there's no small sin before God. So, someone needed to pay the price. Someone needed to, you know, um, come through and say that, okay, they've done something wrong, they deserve the punishment that is due. But God, because He loved us so much, He said, I don't want my people to go through the punishment that they deserve. But I'm going to send my son Jesus Christ and he's going to take up the sins upon himself. Now, here's a statement that I want us to remember. Jesus bore our sins on that cross. Um, a prophet by the name Isaiah in the Old Testament, he makes, uh, he's not seen Jesus, he was not there at the time. He makes a prophecy concerning Jesus Christ. And here's what he says, you know, Isaiah 53 verse 3 to 5. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. Um, just before we go forward, I want to read the message translation of the same verse because there's a lot of, lot of profound meaning, you know, to what has been written. He was looked down, Jesus was looked down on and passed over. A man who suffered, who knew pain firsthand. One look at him and people turned away. We looked down on him, thought he was scum, but the fact is it was our pains that he carried. Our disfigurements, all the things that was wrong with us. We thought he brought it on himself, that God was punishing him for his own failures. But what's this? It was our sins that did that to him, that ripped and tore and crushed him. Our sins. He took the punishment and that made us whole. Through his bruises, we get healed. What did Jesus do? Jesus took the punishment that was due to us. Jesus took the entire embodiment of the whole, the whole cross was a punishment that he went through for our sins. He said, you know, I don't want these people to go through this punishment. Let me take it on my own body. You know, um, David continues to write in the same Psalms that we just read, Psalms 103 verse 10. He says, you know, God has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. Verse 11, for as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. Verse 12, as far as east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. I want you to look at the last part of that verse. He says, he's removed our transgressions from us. You know, removing something, you know, that is supposed to be a part of us. You know, I mean, I understand, you know, sometimes people have a very difficult way of letting go of the past. They hold on to their past. They hold on to, you know, whatever has happened in the past. And Jesus here is saying, you know, you don't have to hold on to the sins or the wrong things that you have done in the past. But everything has been removed completely. I want you to, you know, picture, picture this, you know, imagine there's a white board. And I don't know if you remember, you know, back in, you know, maybe your school days or your college, you know, um, there was this thing that we used to do. We used to put these tally marks. You remember that? Okay, four tally marks and the fifth one is a cross. And then you go to the next one, four tally marks and then a cross again. All right. Imagine, you know, the, every sin that we have done is on a white chalkboard like that. And what God did, God took the blood of Jesus. He poured it on that chalkboard. He wiped it completely clean. And here's the thing. I think there was there was a special chemical or something that was then the blood of Jesus that it enabled or rather it didn't enable for us to again 
make those marks on that board. What does it mean? He's made us completely clean. And here's, here's what we need to remember. And many times, you know, we live with this guilt. We live with this factor that, man, maybe God, God you know, still remembers the sins that I have done. Maybe God still, you know, thinks about the sins that, you know, that is there in my, this. But I want us to remember this. Everything was wiped out. Everything was completely made clean. And Jesus' death on the cross was for the forgiveness of our sins. Now, here's what I want us to think about. Many of us, we, may, we might already be knowing this. Many of us, we might have already heard this multiple number of times. But, and we know this to be true, that Jesus indeed died for our sins on the cross. But I want you to think about this. Is, if it is true that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, is it also true that Jesus bore our sicknesses on the same cross? In other words, did he die, did Jesus die on the cross also, not just for our sins, but also for our sicknesses? I want you to go back to the book of Isaiah chapter 53. We just read this verse. It says in verse 4, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Now, you know, when you read through this, in fact, you know, many times when I used to read through this, I used to think, man, yeah, he has borne our griefs and he's carried our sorrows. You know, he knows what it's like to go through sadness. He knows what it's like to carry, you know, heavy burdened sorrows and griefs, you know, that is there. He knows what it means like to, you know, to feel heaviness, you know, that is there on the inside. And that's what, you know, I used to think earlier. But the word griefs there, if you study, you know, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew language. The word griefs there can easily be translated as one word, as sicknesses. So in other words, you know, if you were to read the actual translation, here's what it says. Surely he has borne our sicknesses and carried our sorrows. Now, for me, that's enough. To realize that, you know, Jesus bore sicknesses upon his own body on that cross. But, you know, let's just take this one step further because... Um, you know, when in the New Testament, when Matthew was writing a letter to the New Testament church, okay, he, he, he makes a record of, you know, something that Jesus did. And I want you to, you find this, you know, in the book of Matthew, chapter 8, verse 16 to 17. It says here, verse 16, when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all those who were sick. Verse 17, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. You know what that means? It is literally, you know, what, what uh, Matthew is quoting here is the same scripture that we saw from the book of Isaiah just a moment ago. What's he saying here? He's saying here, he himself, Jesus himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. This is the same translation when we remember 50, Isaiah chapter 53 verse 4. It says, surely he has borne our griefs. Here it says, it doesn't mention the word griefs. It mentions directly sicknesses. So what, what, what does that mean? The word um, sicknesses here can also be translated as diseases. Now, here's what I want us to remember. Jesus indeed bore our sicknesses on the cross. He just didn't take up the sins on the cross. Yes, he took up sins on the cross, but he also took up sicknesses upon his own body. Jesus bore our sicknesses on the cross. Now, um, like we saw earlier, you know, Isaiah was a prophet who lived much before Jesus' time. 
Um, in fact, he's not seen Jesus. He was not there present, you know, when Jesus and the whole event of the crucifixion, the death of Jesus and the resurrection took place. Uh, but Isaiah was a prophet who foresaw the future and he made a prophecy during that time. And if you remember very clearly, it says that, you know, by your stripes, he made the statement, by his stripes, by Jesus' stripes, we are going to be healed. He made a prophecy like that. Fast forward a good number of years, so if, if, if um, Isaiah is here, fast forward a good number of years comes Jesus, you know, at the appointed time, he goes through the whole process of crucifixion, he dies and he was resurrected on the third day and fast forward, you know, much later. So if Isaiah is here, Jesus is here, Peter who saw, who witnessed every event that took place. He saw the crucifixion, he was there when Jesus died, he was there when Jesus was resurrected from the dead. It comes many, many years later. Peter goes back to this one incident and here's what he writes in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. He says, Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. He takes the same prophecy which Isaiah had made. And Isaiah said, you know, we're going to be healed when Jesus dies on the cross. Peter takes up that same prophecy and he says, hey, the event is over. The crucifixion is over. No longer, you know, we're going to have to look forward to the healing that comes from the cross. But we were healed. In other words, you know, it's in past tense. If, for all you grammar experts, it's in past tense. He says, by whose stripes you be were healed. It's no longer it's something that's going to take place but it's something that has already taken place. Now what does that mean? You know, Jesus, like I said earlier, you know, the statement that I made earlier, if you remember that, Jesus died on the cross for our sins and he died on the cross for our sicknesses. He took both upon his own body and this is why, you know, I believe, you know, for a time such as today, it's such a powerful statement because you know, when you think about this, you know, um, the other day I was reading through a couple of uh, forwards and, you know, today the only thing that you can really do is read through a lot of these forwards that's taking place. And one of the forwards that came and really got me disturbed because it said that, you know, that God sent this whole virus, you know, to punish the whole world for the sins that they had done. Now, when you think about it initially, yeah, it looks, it, it sounds true, but is it really true? Because here's what I want us to understand, church. If it's true that God has sent a situation like this to punish the sins of today, then everything that Jesus did on Good Friday, everything, you know, the crucifixion, the beatings and the stripes that he took on his body, all of those things that he bore on his body becomes void. It becomes nullified. Because Jesus, you know, we just clearly saw from God's word that Jesus died on the cross to forgive our sins. Our sins were forgiven. It was removed from us. That's what we saw this recently. It was completely removed from us. And today no longer do we have to think about the sins that, no oh man, will God forgive me? And I know, you know, even when I was a young Christian, when I had just started my walk with the Lord, I remember this was a thought that used to come into my mind regularly. You know, I used to think that, um, man, is God punishing me for the wrong things that I did when something would go wrong? I would think that immediately. I would think that God is trying to, you know, teach me something or try to tell me something man this is happening because you did this this is happening because you did that and I begin to realize you know more and more as we realize and we reflect on God's word here's what it says Jesus 
took the punishment once and for all. He paid the penalty in full. He took it upon himself and therefore, you know, every time someone comes and says that, you know, God is in the center and he's doing all of this, you know, to punish the sins of the world. Can I tell you something, church? God has already taken care of the sins of the world on that cross. And he sent his son to die for it, die for us, for me and for you. The sins factor is no longer an issue. Now, here's something that, you know, is a statement that I want to make. God will not punish his children to sickness. Now, I want you to think about this. We just saw, you know, even from scripture, that Jesus just not, did not just take upon the sins of what we did upon himself, but he also took up our sicknesses upon himself. He bore his, our sicknesses on his body. Now, what does that mean? If, if he is going to send sickness again to punish the world, it doesn't make sense, does it? God will not punish us for punish his children through sickness. That's that's I want us to you know ponder over that statement. God's not going to punish us his children through sickness. Okay. In fact, um, I think God you know very specifically reminds Moses. You know Moses is going through the Exodus, and if you remember, you know Exodus chapter 15 verse 26, God tells Moses this: I will put none of the diseases on you which I brought on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals you. You know, we need to remember this. And even as, you know, we understand this, okay, that Jesus Christ, when he died on that cross, he took our sins upon his own body. He took our sicknesses upon his own body. That today, you know, I can walk a sinless man. I can walk you know, without having any of the diseases or sicknesses inflicted on my own body. Because Jesus took it upon himself. Now. Here's something that I want us to remember. Isaiah 53, I want to go back to that verse, okay, the NLT translation this time. Here's what it says, Isaiah chapter 53 verse 5, okay. He was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. I want you to remember and picture this. He was pierced, he was pierced for our transgressions, for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. Now, um, I don't know if any of you have actually read through the signs of crucifixion. It's a great article. It's, I mean, you can Google it. You'll find it there. And it's, it's a great read. All right. Uh, especially it talks about, you know, what Jesus' body went through in terms of signs, you know, when he was hanging on that cross. And it's a great read by itself. But here's something that I want us to remember. This is what it says, you know. As Jesus was hanging on the cross, because his hands and his feet were nailed to the cross, it was not very easy for his rib cage to move, to really take in air, inhale air and to exhale. Why? Because the whole weight of the body was, you know, crushing on to his rib cage. So he couldn't really take in air properly and he couldn't really exhale air properly. So in other words, you know, there was no proper oxygen supply for Jesus. The lungs were dying out in the process of time. Now, you know, when, when you read through, you know, the coronavirus symptoms and when you read through all of those things, one of the things that's mentioned there very clearly is that the virus very specifically infects the respiratory system of the body. Now, when I was, when I was reading through the signs of, you know, this, uh, the crucifixion, I was thinking, you know, Jesus understood what it meant you know, for not being able to breathe properly. In fact, one of the symptoms that's mentioned of COVID is the inability to breathe properly. You know, there's a tightness in the chest. They just can't take in air and exhale air properly. That's why, you know, the ventilators thing is on the rise. Now, I want you to picture this. Jesus understood what it meant because when he was lying on that, when he was hanging on that cross, he couldn't 
take in air or exhale air just like the coronavirus patients couldn't do it. You know what it means? Jesus took upon his own body even the coronavirus disease he did. And when we start to believe that Jesus has died for our sickness and when we start to accept that, you know, the power of sickness is completely eliminated in Jesus. You know, in fact, um, one of the things that, you know, we hear, keep hearing all the time is people are searching for vaccinations, people are searching for medications, you know, to try and heal this disease. You know what I was thinking? The best vaccine that you can have against coronavirus today or you know, this coronavirus is supposed to be a viral infection. The best antivirus that you can have for coronavirus is the blood of Jesus Christ, nothing else. And when we begin to understand that, it changes everything. I want to close today, you know, by saying a personal testimony that happened to us as a family. Um, like most of you all know, this is, this is the lockdown period and I understand some of you all are with your families, some of you all are having a great time with your families keep enjoying the time you may not get this time again and well some of you are in the hostels I understand that as well but here's what you know we as a family we, we are also together as a family praise God for that but the first few days of the lockdown period as we was together it was not a very good time for us now what do I mean by that you know um, even before the lockdown period took place my oldest son John he um, was already having this severe bad cough. He had a lot of phlegm inside of his lungs. And uh, you could sense that even every time he coughed, you know, there was this strong, um, deep cuffs. You know, it wasn't dry cough. It was a lot of phlegm cough. And we took him to the doctor. The doctor told, you know, just take the cough syrup for the time being. But the cough began to progress. It began to get worse till a point came when he actually had fever because of the phlegm that was carrying in his lungs. So we called up the doctor because the clinic was closed. The doctor told us, you know, you need to start with the antibiotic. We went ahead, started with the antibiotic. And in two days time, praise God, you know, my oldest son, John, was completely healed from his fever, from his cough, you know, it completely went away. But during this time, even before, you know, my older son John started with the antibiotic, my wife Anu was beginning to have this deep, um, uh, you know, sore throat and um, very, very, you know, dry cough began to develop inside of her throat. So initially, you know, she thought maybe it's just a cough that she might have picked up from John and, you know, that's what we all think, right? But things began to progress and deteriorate much rapidly. What I mean by deteriorate, you know, over a period of time, okay, one or two days later, she found herself in a place where she found it difficult to breathe. She, you know, just like we were talking about the symptom, yeah, I know what most of you all are thinking, okay, she couldn't breathe properly. She could, especially, you know, when it came to nightfall, you know, when it was about to, you know, when we were just getting ready for bed, especially in the nights, it would get even worse. You know, she would feel this tremendous weakness in her body. There was no fever, praise God, but she was having tremendous weakness. She couldn't inhale air and she couldn't exhale it properly, you know, and um, it, was, it was very, very difficult for us. And, you know, two or three times, I think Anu actually told me, I think we need to go to the doctor and... You know, when, when you hear symptoms like that, I told her very clearly, you know, I'm, I'm a part, I'm technically a dentist. So I know what, you know, the doctors are going to go through. You know, they're not going to, you know, evaluate or check you for something else. They're just going to push you straight off into the COVID uh, isolation place and they're going to keep you there for two weeks. And especially with our second child, Ethan, who is breastfeeding and, you know, all of those things, it was going to be very difficult. And one thing, you know, that, that, really, that really kept my hope, you know, alive was that she didn't have COVID was because 
you know she kept saying that you know as she had this difficulty in breathing she also had this chest pain that was there and everywhere i read about the symptoms of covid nowhere did i see the symptom of chest pain anywhere so i thought because she has chest pain it does it cannot be that you know that's what at least i thought to myself so i remember this very clearly thursday night um it got really bad so i call up you know one of our believed friends who's a doctor and he hears the symptoms out and he tells me danny i don't think uh, by the here by the you know the symptoms that i'm hearing it doesn't look like it's covid um, it just sounds like a lower respiratory tract infection so we're going to start off with antibiotic and let's see how you know she progresses over the days this was on thursday come friday all right the things instead of getting better it just started even getting worse you know she had this breathing trouble right from the morning she just couldn't inhale air properly every time she would inhale she would have you know further chest pain it was it was really bad in fact you know here's what i would say if you were to come friday night to our house the atmosphere here okay was the atmosphere in my house was it was so it was so discouraging it was so depressing you know and i remember i mean you know we didn't we didn't say it out loudly to each other husband and wife me to anu or anu to me but we both thought she had it and we both thought that we're going to lose her that you know she's not going to make it and we were thinking about you know the worst of the worst that we were thinking saturday morning comes in Uh, this is this is the worst part saturday morning comes in and um, normally get wake up in the morning i would like to spend some time in prayer all right and uh, i knew by friday night that you know i would have to spend a lot of time in prayer for this but saturday morning comes in i was reading one of the forwards and it led me to one of a very reliable site i don't really remember what that site was but i knew it was quite reliable the information they had on that website and it very clearly mentioned one of the symptoms that was there for covid was chest pain and man i lost it there i really didn't know what to think i mean that was the only thing that i kept telling myself you know what chest pain is not a symptom so it's okay chest pain is not a symptom so it's okay but when i read this i was completely down you know i could feel this heaviness inside of my heart i could just feel you know this whole weight that was just that was just pulling me down you know even as i spoke and Saturday morning I had not even planned to fast and pray that day but I decided that morning I'm going to fast and pray the word that came to my mind was I'm going to wrestle with God in prayer now when I look back at my walk with the Lord there's not been many times when I had to wrestle with the Lord very specific instances I remember one was my college I was desperate to pass my exams um the second was you know when we could not have children i really wrestled with the lord in prayer that we should have children because you know i believed it was a promise from god and this was probably another time when i can really remember when i really wrestled with the lord in prayer fasting and praying i i told my wife i told you know everyone i'm going into the room i don't know how long i'm going to take but i'm going to fast and i'm going to pray and you know i'm going to see what god is going to tell me and i remember walking into that room with this with this with this heavy heaviness that was there inside of my heart and i remember you know the words that came to me at that point of time was you know for a spirit of heaviness you need to put on a garment of praise and i knew that i needed to praise the lord okay i raised a hallelujah that day okay i raised a hallelujah and i said lord 
I'm going to raise a hallelujah to you in the midst of this difficult situation. I don't know what to make of it. If I'm going to take my wife to the hospital, they're going to put her away. We're not going to see her for two weeks. Or, you know, my, my, my second son, Ethan, who's so dependent, who's so close to her, he's not going to be seen. And it's going to be a very difficult time. And Lord, I don't know. I mean, does she have it? You know, are we going to lose her in this whole process? You know, as I began to sing the song, I began to break down and I began to cry and I began to really pour out before the Lord. And the Lord showed me this verse, you know, that we just kept on reading, Isaiah 53, that he bore every sickness on his body. He bore every sickness on his body. And I, and you know, I could, everything, you know, just began to slowly come into my mind. And I began to, you know, meditate on that. And I began to, you know, start quoting scripture back to God. I began to say, Lord, you said in your word that, you know, every stripe that you took on your body was meant for our healing. That you bore sickness on your body. And I began to claim that. I began to claim that over my wife. And over a period of time, I don't know how long it took. Maybe an hour or two hours. I don't know how long it took. But I remember, you know, towards the end, I, I sent this weight. I sensed this heaviness that was there inside of my heart being lifted off. I began to sense that, man, God has done something. I, I began to really sense that. Those, suddenly, you know, there was a peace that came inside my heart. I didn't feel burdened anymore. I didn't feel there was something that was pushing me down. But I stepped out of the room. I went, I broke my fast. There was this peace that was there. And I asked her, as soon as I went out of the room, I asked my wife, do you have, you know, that tightness in your body, in your chest right now? Are you finding it difficult to breathe? And she said, no. Um, this was sometime in the afternoon that day, Saturday afternoon. And I remember Saturday afternoon till Saturday night, I kept asking her this question. I don't know, I must have asked her more than a hundred times. Are you still feeling that chest pain? And I think it was by night she said, you know, you need to believe that God answers your prayers. Okay. Can I tell you this, church? From that point in the afternoon, when I wake, went out of the room after prayer, till this day, even now, she has never experienced any chest pain, any discomfort, any, you know, inability to breathe. Everything just fell into place and there was like a complete healing that took place inside of her body. Now, why am I saying this? In the midst of the situation, in midst of, you know, the, the whole global pandemic that is gripping the whole world, you know. I remember before, you know, this whole incident took place in our lives, one of the things that we kept praying for was for protection, that we would not get infected by the virus. Now, that's a great prayer to make. But as we went through this whole process, you know, God opened our eyes to what the patients who are actually having the disease might be going through. Rejection from their loved ones. They can't even get close to their loved ones. They can't, you know, they can't really interact with anybody. They are just kept in isolation because they have this virus. And guess what? There's no cure for it. God opened our eyes. And, you know, from that day on, even today, we're praying, you know, more than the protection that... I'm not saying that it's a wrong thing to pray for protection. Please do pray for protection. But, you know... Please do also pray for those people who are lost. They don't know. They have no hope, you know. And we carry this hope inside of us. And it's not meant to kept. It's not meant to be hidden inside. And I don't know, you know, if you know anybody who's suffering from this disease. You know, you know, people who might be quarantined because they're suspects of this disease. I'm just saying, you know, this is the time when we, as a church, we need to rise up because Jesus Christ took our sins on that cross. Jesus Christ took our sicknesses on that cross. Alright, in a moment, okay, I'm going to hand it over to Pastor Matthew and he's going to come forward, he's going to pray, alright, and I'm, I'm encouraging each and every one of us. 
be encouraged that Jesus took upon our sins and took upon our sicknesses upon his body and this was the day as people celebrate Good Friday all over the world let's keep these two things in mind as that you know the world will recognize that Jesus is the one who can bring a true healing thank you